On Sunday mornings at Northside, we have been in a series that, if you've been here for any length of time, you know is about the life of Jesus. But it's not so much about the life of Jesus as it is looking at the life of Jesus so that we might live like Jesus. Not in the sense of being perfect and sinless, but looking at how Jesus, being God, when he stepped into the flesh, the decisions he made of how to live the life that he had, the short 33 years that he had on earth. We've said that the key verse for this series is 1 John chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is made truly complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in Christ must walk, must live, some translations say, as Jesus did. And so we've been looking at some very simple but profound and important practices of Jesus himself, of, of what he did, of how he served others and developed disciples and humbled himself and pressed on and persevered through the tough, difficult times. And so today, we're looking at something that Jesus did often, uh, something that some of you are already practicing, and that is the practice of rest. We can look at Jesus' life and know that he rested often, and there was a quality to his rest that I think is important for us, especially in our culture today. How many of you either are right now or possibly this past week have been like this sweet little girl? God designed, think about this, a one-fourth to one-third of your entire life to be at rest. And you kind of think about that for just a second. Like if God gives you the gift of life, and then for a fourth to a third of it, you spend it on a shelf known as a bed, why did God design us that way? Why did God wire us that way? I mean, the only way to really, in my mind, think about it is to understand from this as a parenting perspective. That there are times when you are just, how many minutes till bedtime? How many minutes till bedtime? Time. How long until, you know, and, and these days parents are putting their children to bed earlier and earlier. I mean, we put our kids to bed about 8 or 8.30. Now it's like 4.30. They're going to bed. Good night. The sun's still up. Quiet. It's bedtime. Why is that? Because parents just, at some point you just get overwhelmed and you're exhausted yourself and you need a break. Now think about this. Imagine for just a moment, I know some of you have a lot of children, but imagine for just a second having 7 billion children, all of which varying degrees, some don't believe in you at all, some are fully devoted to you and all sorts of points in between. Maybe it's by design that God designed a, th- a fourth to a third of our lives and our a rhythm to be At rest. You see, the problem is, in our culture today, that we're simply exhausted. I'm looking at David Holt drinking his coffee. He's like, yeah, I'm caffeined up. (laughs) We think we can overcome our lack of rest, that somehow we can cheat the system. Maybe you're going to a quick trip or a quick quick shop or something like that, especially in the morning. Maybe some of you are part of this uh, epidemic. (laughs) You look at the number of people in line and just look and count the number of people who have energy drinks. 
Why? Because they stayed up till 2, 3, 4 in the morning thinking that that was they could watch Netflix or binge on Hulu or, 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 or stay up playing video games and somehow that they could, they could skate by on four or five hours of rest, get through work on an energy drink and several cups of coffee and shots of espresso. Why? Because we think somehow we can shortcut the way God wired us and God designed us, but we can't. There's lots of problems that pour into the fact of why we are all exhaust, exhausted. First, we're always available. I mean, we're always available. There, there, there is so little time when you can actually get away and have time, not just time with God, but time for yourself to think, time to not be interrupted, time where someone is not calling on you. We work too much. I don't think work is a bad thing, by the way, but, but we have... We are so obsessed with work because part of it is we take as our as our identity. Uh, we just pour ourselves into it. We give all of our time for just a little more money, a little more position, a few more bonuses. We overcommit our lives. Saying I'm busy is a sign of honor. If you're a parent and you don't have a five-year-old involved in at least 17 sports right now, I don't know what you're doing with your life. I mean, seriously, it, it is a badge of honor that we go, 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 go. No wonder we're exhausted. There is always something needing our attention. Our phones are always on. This morning, I asked you, just as a matter of worship, if you might turn off your phone or your digital device. And I, I guarantee you there are some who said, I cannot. I just can't go an hour without it. There's a reason you're tired. We have constant anxiety and worry and fear. And the, the, the bad news is this exhaustion bleeds into so many elements of our culture. It leads to physical failure. It leads to moral decline. It leads to broken families. There is a reason God designed us to rest. And when we try to shortcut that and just ignore our exhaustion, we are in severe danger of ignoring what God had intended for us. There is one obvious solution when you are, uh, when you are like the little girl was, uh, when you are just exhausted and you just can't see straight, you're so exhausted. We need to rest. We need to practice the rest of God. Turn with me to a well-known psalm, Psalm chapter 23, the, the psalm of David, a shepherd himself, and he takes this time to pen with the most beautiful of course, inspired by the Spirit, but picturesque uh, uh, visuals of God as the shepherd who guides lovingly his sheep. Uh, I'm not going to read the entire thing. I just want to read for you verses 1 through 3. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now that's a beautiful, powerful picture in scripture. But I want to draw your attention just right back to verse 2. And what he says of the shepherd. He makes me lie down to rest. The goodness of the shepherd is that sometimes he makes the sheep rest. Now, we don't always like that, not any more than your children when they were young liked it or enjoyed nap time. 
But sometimes God knows you need to stop. You need to cease. Activity needs to be less. Uh, Think about maybe perhaps in the past six months or a year, you've grown sick because you're running yourself ragged and, and God, using providential means, is trying to get you to rest. Maybe you, maybe you wanted a job that was going to be double the income. Oh, it would mean lots of travel. You wouldn't ever see your family. But that, my, you could, how you could set them up for generations. I mean, everything would just be okay if you could just get that job. But you didn't get it. You were perfectly qualified. The, re- the interview went very well. But you didn't get it. For some reason, God closed the door. God said, no, why? Perhaps he knew you needed to rest. There are all sorts of ways when the shepherd might make us rest. But, but if, you, if you pay attention to, to the stories and of the people of faith, there are many times in the midst of battles, in the midst of fights, in the midst of, of real struggles and real stuff that they're going through, that God, that the, the, these characters, these men and women who are seeking God, seek to rest. Daniel slept in the lion's den. Peter slept in prison. Elijah slept after fleeing persecution. Why? Because they were lazy? No, no, no. Because the shepherd's good. Because sometimes the best thing and the most holiest thing you can do is to stop worrying and just to lie down and rest and trust God. You think about it. When you go and put yourself to sleep, At night for six or seven or eight hours or however long you normally sleep, did you know that the world still spins? That the universe still functions? That everything still happens? That your heart still beats? That your lungs still breathe? That every part of the world as God designed it continues to go on and yet you have no part of it. He did all of that without any of your help, advice, coaxing, questions, wonderings. How did he do that? Hmm. Maybe, maybe the lesson of rest for us is that sometimes it's good to just take a step back, lay our head down, and trust that God is in control. That's hard for us control freaks. That's hard for us people who like to have control. Sleeping probably is hardest for those among us who like to have the most control because how are things going to get done? How are things going to happen unless I'm just right there in the middle of it? Maybe God's more in control than you knew. Sometimes the most holiest thing you can do is to take a nap. The, the eternal part of you, the soul, cannot truly rest outside the presence of God. You probably know Ecclesiastes, which says he has set eternity in the hearts of men. There is a part of you, there is a part of you that will not rest ever until it's in the presence of a holy God who designed you and created you. And until you learn to do that, you'll always be anxious. You'll always have a sense of ennui. You'll always have a part of you that is not fulfilled. Why? Because you're not at rest in the shepherd's arms. To do that means you have to trust the shepherd. You have to believe the shepherd. You have to trust that he is good. Psalmist put it this way in Psalm chapter 62. Yes, my soul, find rest. This is a scripture we read as we opened this morning. Find rest in God. For my hope comes from him. If you've caught on this morning, you you understand, I I am talking about physical rest, but there's so much more to it than that. You see, true rest abides not in just counting the sheep. True rest comes 
in trusting in the shepherd. We need to learn to be able to trust the shepherd as his sheep and understand that there are times in which he will tell us no and times in which he will mess up our plans. There will times when he will not take your advice. There will times when he tells you no because he knows what's best. The, the well-known scripture of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 28 and following. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men suffer from exhaustion. But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, and they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I used to read Isaiah 40 and think, man, if I just trusted God, I could get a little bit more done. I could be so active and so energetic and so enthusiastic. I don't think that's what Isaiah is talking about here. Isaiah is saying that you can trust in the Lord no matter what. And, and your soul can find rest even in the midst of the life's hardest battles, even in the midst of things that you do not fully understand. God can sustain you with energy from the spirit and the soul that you do not fully get. Jesus knew this too, that this only came from God. And so he rested often. Turn to the book of Mark if you're caring to follow along. We're going to be uh, chapter 1. This is on page 1073 in the Pew Bible. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. The scripture says uh, clearly one of Jesus' patterns reads like this. And rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed. He went out to a desolate place and there he prayed. Jesus was a busy man. He had lots of things to do, lots of things to accomplish, goals to achieve, things that had to happen, people that had to be trained, things that had to be taught, miracles that had to be performed. How did he get it all done? Because he got up early in a quietness and solitude, in a place where no one could, could be except just he and his father, and so that they could be in relationship Together, That's how Jesus set his soul at rest. Now, what effect did that have? If you care to follow along, Mark chapter 4, three chapters later, page 1078. Look at the effect that this habit of Jesus had on his life. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was in the other boats there were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. Is your boat filling? Do you wonder how much more it can take before it capsizes? Are you wondering where is God? Is it beginning to fill up in your life? But, verse 38, was Jesus panicked? 
Was Jesus worried? Was Jesus filled with anxiety and fear? He wasn't a trained fisherman. He hadn't been trained in how to handle these situations. But the men who were, their reaction is far different. Verse 38, he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him, and they said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke, and he he rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Why have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? Jesus rested often because his soul was at rest in God. And that meant that in the midst of the storm, he had peace. Maybe you've had a tough week. Maybe your boat's filling. (laughs) Maybe this morning you've fallen asleep in the pew. That's okay. You're just like Jesus, right? There is something to being able to rest in the midst of life's most tumultuous and terrible, terrifying situations. And how can people do that? As the psalmist said, in peace, I will both lie down and sleep for you are. Alone, Lord, make me to dwell in safety. Safety and security does not come from you. It does not come from your government. It does not come from anything that the world has to offer. True safety and security and rest for the soul comes from God alone. And so Jesus called his followers to this as well. He didn't just rest often. He offered rest. Uh, Now, Jesus worked hard, as we said, but he knew the value of resting. And it wasn't just for him. The the one about getting up early and and going to desolate places, we're familiar with that. But pay attention to Mark chapter 6, verse 30. This is on page 1080. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, not good job. Not let's reproduce that. Let's make a program out of that. Let's make a ministry out of that. What did he say? He said, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. Isn't that good? That Jesus didn't just put into practice rest for himself, but he called those who followed him to make sure that they had their rest in God alone. The scripture that James read for us is, of course, the the centerpiece of what we're thinking about, this rest that Jesus offered in Matthew chapter 11, 28 through 30. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We, we need this morning, and not just this morning, but every morning, to lay our burdens down at his feet and let him take them up. Sometimes we lay our burdens down at his feet, and then we just pick them right back up again and take them with us for the rest of the day. That is not what Jesus offered. 
He wanted us to lay them down and leave them there. Because I guarantee you that your burdens are far better at his feet than they are in your hands. We need to trust him to be able to do that. So in being like Jesus, I'm going to give you a challenge this morning that uh, you may really like. The challenge is to get more rest. Go ahead and close your eyes this morning. Some of you are already there. I appreciate that. Close your eyes. I'm serious. If I see you looking at me, I'm going to call you out by name, okay? I want to challenge you this week to go to bed a half an hour earlier. I want you to put the phone up and go to bed a half an hour earlier than you do, just so you're physically rested. I want to challenge you this week to get up maybe a half an hour earlier while it's still quiet before the kids are up, before anyone's awake, before anyone's stirring about, and go out on your back deck or go in your favorite chair or, or wherever it is that you can find some quiet time with God and spend that time with Him because it's been too long since you did that. I want to challenge you to quit something. You're stressed out. You have 17 things to do, and that's just today. You you need to drop some things. Jesus never asked you to carry a heavy load and a burden and yoke yourself up so mightily that life was so stressed out that you're having health trouble and heart trouble and life trouble because you've got all of this stuff and it's causing worry and fear and anxiety and God, just, just quit one of those things. Just drop it. Let someone else take it. I want to challenge you this week to get off your phone, to be on it less. If you have a family, why don't you have a prime time from 5 to 8 p.m.? No devices, no phones, no screens. Just be present with the people that you love and who love you because the time is slipping away. You need to be rested before it slips away. Maybe you need to confess your exhaustion. Maybe sin is keeping you awake at nights. Maybe it's worry, it's greed, it's fear, it's lust. I don't know what it is. But maybe you need to repent of that and confess that. You can open your eyes. Keep them closed if you're getting a good rest in. Right now, we're not going to offer a formal, traditional invitation. We'll do that later in the service. If you want to respond, if you want our shepherds to pray with you, if you find yourself exhausted from sin, if you, if you don't know the rest that you can find in Jesus. But, but instead, I, I want us to become as rested and focused in the presence of God as we can be and spend the rest of the time worshiping Him with all of our heart our soul, our mind, and our strength. I want you to think about all in this morning in terms of worship, not in terms of doing more, but in being more connected with your Father. So if you haven't turned off those phones and those devices, I'd encourage you to do so. And just for the next several minutes as we plan to focus on Him, worship Him, and let your soul, which was created by Him, rest in His presence.